0: I enjoyed your enjoyment very much, quite refreshing. I'm going to read some verses to you and comment on the verses directly, very briefly. Then I'll give you the subject. Uh, You might have not heard a speaking on this subject, but I don't know. So first I read from the Gospel of Matthew Chapter 24, verses 37 through 39, and Jesus himself is speaking. For just as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as they were in those days before the flood, eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day in which Noah entered into the ark. And they did not know that judgment was coming until the flood came and took all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. The Lord is referring to his coming to the earth at the end of the age. And he tells us what life will be like on the earth. And it's rather likely that you will be here then. Since I'm more than half a century older than you, I may not, but you've got a long way to go. And he said, just as it was in the days of Noah, That's how it will be. And one characteristic of the age of Noah was violence. Violence. Violence pervading the culture. And no one except for a few caring for their conscience. And everyone living as if life would never end. Even though Noah preached righteousness to them, they didn't care. Then I turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And this is Peter preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost. And after 3,000 had responded strongly, And Peter directed them what to do. We read this. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this crooked generation. He didn't say, Be saved from judgment. He didn't say, be saved from the lake of fire. He didn't say here, be saved to have eternal life. He didn't say, be saved from sin here. He said, be saved from this crooked generation. That is the society in which they were living. That generation was crooked and Peter said, you must be saved from this. Now, they were just about to be baptized and then enter into the church. And Peter knew if they were to be in the church life, enjoying the Lord With the believers, they had to be saved from their own generation. There's no way you can be saved from my generation. I've been struggling with that decades before you were born. And really, I can't be saved from your generation because you're in another realm. But Peter said, be saved from this crooked generation. Then two other portions, Romans 12, verse 2. And I'll read the first part and say something and read the remainder. And do not be fashioned according to this age. This age is the time period in which we're living. And the age, through all kinds of media, is trying to conform us, to shape us. And eventually, you'll need to consider and decide who will shape you. Don't think oh you'll just shape yourself. There's no such thing, especially when we're young. There are forces that are out to shape you, to mold you. To cause your mind and your view of things to be conformed to the crooked generation. Then Paul goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and well-pleasing and perfect. This indicates the battle here is for the mind. And there is now and there will be a battle For your mind, to shape your mind, to fill you with ideas and thoughts that are contrary to God. But Paul is saying you need the renewing of the mind. This uh, message tonight is not an appeal at all to your feelings. It is an appeal to your heart, to your mind, and to your spirit. You need to realize you cannot be neutral regarding your mind. This age is trying to shape it. Video games will shape it. Music will shape it. Many websites will shape it. You have to decide eventually, because you bear responsibility for your own life, what kind of mind will you have 10 or 15 years from now? How will it be shaped? Because when you're considerably older, it'll be very difficult, not impossible, for your mind to be remolded. And then one other verse is from Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. That you may be blameless and guileless, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine as luminaries in the world. It's very significant that Paul says, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation. You cannot escape it. Even the Lord does not intend to take us out of the world until he comes. You live in the midst of it every day. And depending how much time you spend in virtual reality, it may be hours and hours. You're in the midst of it. And Paul says it is a crooked and perverted generation. So here's the reality. Maybe everyone in this room has opened to the Lord, has believed into the Lord, has received the Lord, has been born of the Spirit, has the assurance of salvation, you know that you have eternal life, and you know that your sins are forgiven. This is eternal salvation. So your eternal destiny is settled. It's settled. You cannot be unborn. You cannot lose your eternal salvation. The question is, will you be saved in another way? So the subject is, using Peter's words, be saved from this generation. Remember the Lord said, it will be like in the days of Noah. So in the days of Noah, there were basically two things happening. The majority were living in a lawless way. Living out the evil that was in their heart. There was no government. There was no police force. It was chaos. Then there was a minority. And this minority had received God's word from their ancestors. And this minority had God's vision for their own time. So this minority, led by Noah, built an ark. While he was building the ark, he spoke about righteousness to the people. Then at the stated time, the end came. And there were only two results. Eight entered into the ark. And God shut them in. The door was closed. Then the flood came. The waters came. Everyone outside the ark in that generation perished. There could have been believers in God who lived in that generation. They were destroyed with that generation. So the real situation we are facing on your behalf and you are facing is you live in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation. I don't know what your feeling is. I don't know, does anything disgust you? Does anything repulse you? Does anything in the world make you sick? Is anything going on that makes you wish the Lord would come? I don't know. Now, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the end. So this means there will be two kinds of people on the earth. Those who just go on living as if there'll be no tomorrow, Whatever they want to do, whatever they can afford to do, they do. Then there is a minority who realize the Lord Jesus is coming back. And they are preparing for this and for the coming age by building today's ark which I need to define for you. The Ark of Noah was a picture, let me use that word, or a symbol or a type of Christ. We have believed into Christ. We have been redeemed by Christ. When Noah and his family entered the Ark, they, spiritually speaking, entered into Christ, And in Christ they passed through the waters of judgment. When the waters subsided the ark brought them into a new age on a new earth. And God had a new beginning. Well Noah's ark was a picture of Christ himself. Today's ark is also Christ, but Christ in an enlarged way. It is the Christ in the believers who gather in oneness. Not simply Christ in all the believers, but Christ in all the believers who gather in oneness. The totality of the Christ in all of us who meet in oneness is what we call the corporate Christ, Christ in all of us. The Lord still exists in himself, but now he's in all of us. And this corporate Christ is the church. And practically speaking, the corporate Christ that is the church is being built up in local churches. So this is what is coming down to for your future. And regarding this matter, you will either make a decision positively or you won't. If you do not make a positive decision, you will be swept away from the ark. The current of the generation will carry you away. But those who simply decide that they will stay with the Lord and love the Lord and enjoy the Lord and pursue the Lord with others who call on Him out of a pure heart. They will live in the midst of this generation, but they will not be swept away with it. Rather, they will build themselves into the ark. They're living will build themselves into the ark. Now, I remind you that Paul said, in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation. So God has no intention that you should be kind of weird or strange when you go to school. The young brothers don't have to put on a FTTA uniform. The young sisters don't have to wear skirts long enough to clean the floor with. You can be normal for your age and throughout your whole life. We're not strange. We're not weird. We're normal human beings. To this day, my children, now they're middle-aged, They know the best campsite in the high country, in Yosemite National Park. Because we spent a week there. We found it. So I can testify to you, loving the Lord and being in the church life doesn't make you a strange person, an outcast. But... In your being inwardly, there's a great difference. You are in the midst of this generation, living in it, but inside, you're not part of it. You're not part of it. You are for the ark. You love the Lord, you enjoy the Lord, you experience the Lord. For the ark and in the ark the generation will go on as if there's no God no Christ the comedians will make jokes about the Lord's coming back but then suddenly he who has been coming secretly will come openly like a lightning flash and that will be it It's one thing and it's a great thing to have eternal salvation. But God wants to do something now. He wants to do something here. He wants to accomplish his purpose with someones. So then the question is, five years from now, ten years from now, where will you be? As one who is saved eternally. As one who has the forgiveness of sins. Where will you be actually? Will you be with us? Building the ark? Would you consider coming to a training? And spend two years learning to build the ark? Or would you decide. I love this age. I just love what's going on. Now I've got the money I didn't have before. And now I'm free from the control that I was under. You can take that way. It's up to you. But let me concentrate on the matter of actually participating in building up the ark that will save us into the coming kingdom. That ark is the church. And let's first consider some things many of us know from the book of Genesis. Noah did not exist all by himself. He had grandparents. And his ancestors, they lived a real long time, hundreds of years. So they had a lot of opportunity to learn from them. And one thing Noah learned was, we are all sinners. And God is righteous and holy and glorious. How can we come to him? We have to come with a lamb. With a lamb. Like Abel. God can be approached. We can be in his presence. But we don't come like Cain. Acting as if we have no sin. We come like Abel. With a lamb. Well he had a. Literal lamb, we have the reality which is Christ Himself as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Every day I come to God with this lamb. Every day. My whole life. With the blood of this lamb. This is where we begin. Don't hide from God. Come just as you are with the Lamb. If you need to confess something, then you just talk to Him and tell Him. I assure you, you come to God with the Lamb, with the Lord Jesus. He'll gladly receive you. Then Noah also learned To live according to his conscience. There was no human government yet. So most of the people on earth did not care for their conscience. It's very significant that the earth was filled with violence. I'd like just to ask a little. How much violence is there in your personal world? How many violent things do you enjoy? Violent games. What I'll give you as an illustration may sound a little odd. It goes back a real, real long time. When a movie came out called Bambi, this is in the 1940s, you know. The wheel had been invented already, and fire had been discovered. And there was a scene in which there's a forest fire and Bambi's mother died in the forest fire. And all of us little kids, when we saw this, we cried. Then they showed the movie decades later. No one is moved. No one has any feeling. Life is cheap. The earth is filled with violence. We play killer games, not knowing how it's infecting us. So Enosh, whose name means weak or frail human being, that was his generation. So he just called on the name of the Lord. He just called. He had no other way. To survive. He just called on the Lord. He began the line of calling. And he cared for his conscience. He came to God with a lamb. And he called on the Lord. Then he was followed by Enoch. Enoch didn't live to be several hundred years old, because God took him after 300 plus years, because Enoch walked with God. So let me ask you this, before I say a little more about walk. Which do you prefer, to have God walk with you, or for you to walk with God? Actually, the Lord is in you. So wherever you go, he'll be there. He may not be happy, but he'll be there. Whatever you're doing, he's there. He may not be happy, but he's there. That is God walking with you. You have your own direction or... You have no direction. You just wander. But some of you, you're quite strong already. You've got a set direction inside. Others may wander. But God has a direction. God is moving, God is going somewhere. Who cares? Who will walk with God? What is God's direction? What is God's direction for your own life? You want God to walk with you? Oh, I'm going to go to Berkeley. I'm going to go to Yale. I'm going to go to Cambridge University in the UK. May God walk with me. He will, whether or not he'll be happy remains to be seen. But who will decide, not promise, just decide to walk with God? It's very, very obvious that I'm much, much older than you. But my memory concerning my whole life in every stage is very sharp. And one thing I remember, and this was confirmed by things I studied, was making the most decisive decision of my life when I was 16. When I was 16, I made this decision in response to the Lord's calling in me. And that set the direction for almost 60 years. That in my study, I learned from those who have the knowledge of human development that it's actually very common for some of the most serious decisions to be made between the ages of 15 and 17 again you don't make a vow you don't promise you make a decision and once I made that decision by the Lord's mercy nothing can shake it because the direction was set the Lord is moving in this direction He is calling me to go in that direction, and I will walk with him. Doesn't mean I never fell, I never got distracted, but always back on course. You have eternal life. Your sins have been forgiven, your eternal destiny is secure. What about your whole life on the earth? Be saved from this generation. So Noah receives grace from the Lord, and he inherits the Lamb. He inherits living by conscience. He inherits calling on the Lord, and he inherits walking with God. the end, because he heard about Enoch, who walked with God for 300 years, like he began in 1713, then 300 years later, in 2013, he's raptured. But then Noah gets a word from God about his generation. And actually he was born under a prophecy concerning this. And God showed him, I cannot tolerate this generation on the earth anymore. I will obliterate them. But you have found favor. I will show you what is in my heart. I want you to build an ark. Take 120 years and build this ark. Let people laugh. Let people mock. You just build the ark. While you build the ark, you speak a word of righteousness to your neighbors and friends. Even you're not too young to do this. I don't mean you stand up in the cafeteria, get a megaphone and preach the gospel. You'll probably be in the vice principal's office. School security will come. But in a conversation with a friend, you might just sow a seed into them. God is righteous. He hates it when someone in government lies to the nation. Our God is righteous. So here we have Noah building up the ark, living day by day with the Lamb, with a good conscience, with the Lord's name, And he is now walking with God. Just before the flood came, to the very last day, the people are on the stock market. They're playing video games. They're listening to hundreds of tunes on their iPods. I'm making this the modern reference because it will be at the end. Who knows what the technology will be. 10 years from now. Maybe everything will be in my glasses. Like, yeah Google glasses, what can I do? Everything comes in. Until the very end. But then you realize, what happened to the ark? What happened to these silly people? That would take care of their families and take care of their education and take care of their jobs, and then they would just be in these church gatherings in homes, in districts. They go to trainings twice a year with thousands of people. Some of them refuse good jobs and go to something called FDTA and sign an agreement, not to date. For two years? Are they nuts? Well, we're not bothered if you think we're strange. We're really not. We know what's going on. I don't know about you. I do not intend to be swept away with the last generation. I want to be carried away in the ark. So we're coming to the very heart of what I want to share. I don't don't think I need to speak that much longer. Let's just come back to the focus. You are saved eternally. What about your life? Starting right now. What are you here for? What will you live for? You don't have to look to find God's vision for this age. It's already here. We'll pass it on to you, free of charge. We'll tell you what is in God's heart, what he wants to do. What the Lord wants to do is to build up the church art all over the earth, in local churches. He wants to build up this corporate Christ. Remember, the ark is Christ in all the believers who gather in oneness. We have to have Christ in us. We have to have the oneness. Then this is the basis in which we build up the ark. And we build ourselves into it. We consider it likely that some people might have been in a good mood and decided to help Noah and his sons out. Here, let us help you carry the timber to plane things down, to fit this in. And some people are in the church like this. Every once in a while, they appear, they render some service, but they never get built in. They never build themselves in by experiencing and enjoying Christ in the oneness of the Spirit with the believers. So here's what is in my heart concerning you. You're not the first generation that we have served. So we have learned a lot from those who were young people in your situation 30 years ago. We've observed many things. and We've seen there are these two lines. I think of two families. They were here in Anaheim. They, at that time, Loera was really a, a, was a very, very good school. And the kids in these two families were, were unusually brilliant. One family, three daughters. The other family, two sons and two daughters. They were in the high school meetings. For a while, they went to the retreats. But they all left the ark. One, one, one young man, he went to MIT. He never got less lesson an A in his whole life. Didn't know what it's like to get a B. And one of his professors gave him a B. He was stunned. He went to argue for the A. I don't know what happened. No doubt they're all successful. Except for some of their marriages. They're all successful. They were here. But they didn't choose the ark. They're part of the generation. They love this age. They're being carried along, swept along by the current of the age. But... There was another line. Now they're in their 40s. They made the decision when they were your age. I'm choosing Christ and the church. One in particular. From the time she was born. Her parents not only consecrated her, but they prayed specifically for her. Lord, even while she is still young, show her the vanity of the world. And before she graduated from high school, she testified in a meeting. This prayer is being answered. I can't see for you. I can't decide for you. If you are passive, never make a decision. You'll be gone. The age is too strong. The current is too powerful. So many distracting things. And you may think, oh, the church is a strange place. I don't want to be associated with that. But you can decide, and it's best to decide, alone with the Lord. You consider this. You talk to him. Again, you don't make a vow. You're not promising as if you could do something. But you are choosing, Lord, I choose to be with those who are building the ark. Then what will you do once you make this choice? How do you work it out? These are some simple things you can do. Read the Bible. A little bit every day. Consecrate every day to the Lord as it comes. Don't live in the future. The tendency of the young is to live in the future. The tendency of the old is to live in the past. But God is in the present. Tomorrow you wake up. You just say, Lord, I give you today. Turn your heart to the Lord. Now, one other matter, I mentioned that, we're not weird. I know how to contact people in my travels and all kinds of situations. But all my close companions are in the ark. I married a sister who has the heart for the ark. I fellowship with brothers who are building the ark. I can care for relatives. I have a heart for people. But I will never establish any relationship that can be used to pull me out of the ark. You may want to consider consecrating all of your relationships, present and future, this doesn't mean we, we hide from all the kids at school. You're, you can be a normal kid, be friendly to them. But your companions will have much to do with your future. Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, You are children of God blameless in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You already have a light inside of you. What is it to shine as a light? Well, the sun, you don't have any sense it's doing anything. It's just being what it is. You read the word, that brings light. You touch the Lord, he is light. You live in the church, that's the realm of light. And You just go about your day. You figure out when you go to your locker, according to the distance between classes and how are you going to work it out it may surprise you to realize you're a light shining there. And at lunch, you just shine there. You're 14, 15 years old. And your shining will enter someone else's heart. You can do this. Well, I think, I'm checking with the Lord, I think, my part is over you need to be saved. You need to be saved from this crooked and perverted generation. The generation has one view of marriage. God has another view. The generation has one view concerning truth. God has another view. The generation has one concept concerning love. God has another concept. The generation has one sense of value. God has another sense of value. So I just appeal to you. My beloved brothers and sisters. Be saved. Make the decision to be saved from the generation in the midst of which you are living. You are in it. Be saved from it for the sake of your future, for the sake of your giving an account to the Lord, for the sake of the Lord himself. Praise the Lord.